The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I am, in fact, Chris Yao. I am, in fact, joined by Mo Patton. Coach Mike on the controls. We thank you guys for being here with us. It's been a, it's been a Monday for everybody. And that's okay, because... If it's Monday for us, it's Monday for you. We hope that we're helping you get through this Monday process. We get in this morning and JP has taken his (laughs) his equipment. How dare he take his equipment? How dare he take his tripods? He took his tripods his phones and everything. And I'm just like... But then now, how? I mean, we've made it without Facebook for the last three days. So, oh, I'm not sure if "made it" is the right word, but okay. So, welcome back to our Facebook folks. Um, yeah. Now it's time, as it is each and every Monday, to be joined by our friend, the voice of the Blue Raiders, Mr. Chip Walters. Chip, welcome into the show. We really appreciate you taking this time out of your day. I know you're so busy. You've got everything going on. But yet, you join us, and we cannot thank you enough. Well, that's quite the... Quite the intro there, and uh, and uh, I had some I'll try time. not to add. I'll, I'll try not to add any more complexities to your Monday. <laughs> I had to. Uh, <laughs> I had some. Time we appreciate to think about that. It. I had some time to think about your intro this weekend, Chip. I thought about uh, it on, oh, the, on my twelve-hour drive home from Myrtle Beach. Twelve. Oh God. From that's about right from Myrtle. Well, oh. no, it's, it, it was only eight and a half via road, but we have a yeah. six-week-old, so we stopped for an hour every. Three. Yeah. <laughs> I hey, forget I, I those days. A, My bad. I got a Myrtle. And, and you, you being fresh off that trip, uh, story you would appreciate. Was it two seasons ago when 
middle basketball was playing in the Myrtle Beach tournament over at Coastal. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the way that tournament fell, it, it was Thanksgiving weekend. They played Thursday, Friday. Saturday was an off day. And then the final day was Sunday. Mm-hmm. So uh, as it worked out, middle played – they played Thursday. And then their second game on Friday was like – about a 10 a.m. or actually it was like 9:30 Central Time. It was like a 10:30 uh, Eastern Time game, and uh, so in middle football was at home against UAB. So uh, so I as soon as the second game was over, I had flown down with with the basketball team. Second game was over on Friday noonish, little one o'clock. So I had rented a car. And was packed, and as soon as basketball game was over, hit the road from Myrtle back or Conway actually back to Murfreesboro. Got in, actually got in, you know, fairly decent hour, about nine o'clock uh, Friday night. Football game was at four at three o'clock, three or four o'clock on Saturday afternoon. So called the football game was still packed. Had the car packed back up. As soon as the game was over, I left the Greenland Drive parking lot at 7.30 Central Time, p.m., got into, got back to the hotel, uh, which was in on the beach, in Myrtle Beach, at uh, about 5 in the morning on Sunday and mm. called the game. We had the late game on Sunday afternoon, which was like 6 o'clock, and then uh, and, and we had chartered that trip, so that was – and uh, so I, I was able to get, you know, pretty decent amount of sleep Sunday morning, call the basketball game on Sunday, and we and flew back with the team. So it was one of those where it all kind of worked out. And uh, But that was my Myrtle Beach story. So there you go. You don't want to do that too often. No. No, no, no. Once it, is it, enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that was – I mean, it was funny, Coach, Coach McDevitt, you know, was he because he knew I was going to be driving late after the football game, and and he said, he said, now you text me every hour, let let you know, let me know you're okay and all that, which I appreciated. But uh, it was, uh, you know, the thing was, I, I I actually went on Saturday night. I got into Atlanta for Murfreesboro. It was about midnight Eastern time, so eleven o'clock, and I got on the on the east side of Atlanta got a full tank of gas, got back on the interstate, set the cruise control. I'm sure it was at a legal uh, rate of speed. I'm sure it was at a legal rate of speed. Yes. But I I, I put the cruise control on and Mo, I promise you, I did not touch the, the cruise control stayed on for about 200 miles. I was in, I'd gotten into Columbia, South Carolina before I ever had to tap my brakes. It was just one of those nights where there was nobody out and 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 I was rolling. That's awesome. Now, if <laughs> if, if you'll notice, Mr. Yao, Mr. Walters went twenty four seventy five twenty. I know. Because that's what normal people do. <laughs> Listen, I didn't know any better. No. Did you did you make did you go the northern route through I did. Uh, he, he, okay. He, he, he did. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't a bad wasn't trip. A bad I just, trip. you know, we I had just, somebody you know, that, had somebody um, that um, called dinosaurs. 
<laughs> anyway, Chip, um, interesting baseball weekend because the Blue Raiders had a chance to win a series early, wound up splitting it. You know what? What is you know what's the emotion when you win the first two games first of a four-game game series and you wind up splitting it? I know that's that's that's. I was thinking about the same thing yesterday afterwards. You know, you you. I mean, most of the time you go and you split on the road, you feel pretty good about that. I mean, it, well, now in a two-two on the road, you know, you're doing okay. Especially if you go three-one on the road, that's you feel really good about that. But but you're right. Had it, you know, would your emotions after the series, if you'd lost the first two and won the second two, right. would they be any different than what they did in winning the first two? And you know, and 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 then and then they, you know, gave gave up some runs in the second game of the doubleheader on Saturday, and then again, uh, and when yesterday was a three-one game, had the tie and run at the plate late, uh, couldn't get a hit the hit that they wanted, but, uh, you know, got another great pitching performance out of Aaron Brown on Friday. And, you know, I think he's going to have a chance to be pitcher of the year in the league. He'll at least be in the, in the conversation, but, but what it did to the standings, I was just looking at that this morning and, uh, not a ton of difference except Southern Miss has been extremely hot. Uh, middle still is ahead of, UTSA in the standings, even though they lost three out of four at UTSA. Southern Miss lost their first, got swept the first weekend, so they were zero and four, and they are now ten and five. So they have been ten and one in their last eleven. And does it surprise you that Southern Miss has done that? Not at all, because you've, you know, that they've been good for so long. The to me, the real, the two real surprises are. Charlotte and Old Dominion in the East. Uh, Charlotte fourteen and two. I don't know that I saw that coming. Old Dominion thirteen and three in the league right now. And then besides those two and Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss, those are the only four teams that have double digit win totals in the conference. You've got a ton that are that are kind of jammed at you know eight, seven, six. Those those kind of win totals right now. Mm-hmm. So, so as we head into the which what'll be the final month of the season, that's going to be another fifteen games. Uh, so, fifteen or eight or eighteen games. They're playing thirty-two this year. So, it, it's going to be uh, you know we're, we're at the midpoint right now of the conference race, and right now Middle's in good shape, and they've got a a a, a backloaded home schedule for the most part starting this week with uh with uab coming in so they're a good spot uh, as far as the tournament goes if they can take care of business at home Uh, yeah they're they're at home three of this last four um conference weekends like you said starting this weekend against uab the following week they've got la tech coming in here then they go to southern miss before finishing up at home against florida international so certainly an opportunity to to make some headway if they can take advantage of that home field situation there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, the, uh, you've got two, you know, hot starters, uh, and Peyton, well, Peyton Wigginton pitched really well, uh, on, on Saturday, but, uh, but between Brown and Keenan and now Wigginton, 
uh, young man, uh, Trey Siebert, uh, has moved into the, the Sunday role. Uh, but they where they've had some issues is out of the bullpen between the starter and getting to David Zaz. Zaz has been outstanding uh, as a closer, but you got to get to him uh, with a situation to close. Uh, and he's uh, and that that's where they've run into some some inconsistencies. Not that the you know anything like the wheels have fallen off out of the bullpen, but but uh, you know they're trying to find who is that next guy they can count on to to you know to get it to Zaz whether it's in the eighth or ninth. And I would imagine playing these four game series, Chip, has made that even more of a concern i mean you see it in the southeastern conference with the three game series we just watched i'm sure most of us watch this vandy tennessee series and you know you feel pretty good about your friday saturday starters you feel pretty good about your first couple of guys out of the pen but on sunday things can get really hairy really quick now in the conference in conference usa you add another game to that series and your pitching staffs already may not be where you want them to start with, and then you start lengthening things out with that fourth game. It's, um, I would imagine it's made a lot of coaches in Conference USA either gray or bald. Well, what it does is, is, is you, you have to roll the dice a little bit, and, and you know, you either get lucky and – you, you well, and, and you go that you take a chance and go that extra batter hmm. sometimes with a reliever, and you think you know when you when you and normally if it was you know in a midweek game or you would not hesitate to take the guy out and go to the bullpen. Well, you're kind of rolling the dice. Okay, can we get one more batter out of him? And we're seeing a lot, and you know, and I've seen it a couple of times with Middle where they've gotten bitten. Uh, by by going that one extra guy and to answer your question, big, no, we can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 because you, because you're you're relying on on your bullpen having some quality depth, and th- these are good college hitters, and uh, and so you know it, it's 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 really tough on pitching coaches right now, and 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 managers or head coaches trying to make that decision. You know, can you ride him one more? two more batters can you get through one more inning so uh you know and again it all works together so it's so it's important to get runs early uh especially in the doubleheader games mm. and uh because the the fifth inning gets there pretty quick and uh and and so if you can get good starts you know if you can get you know seven innings out of your starters on Friday and Sunday and five or six innings and or complete game on header games on Saturday self out. I would almost be tempted to look at throwing my ones and twos in the double header and seeing if I can get complete games. Well, you know, that, that that's, that, that's a theory for sure. And <laughs> I've seen, I've seen, I've seen folks do it, but you know, I, I think, you know, in, in, in with Toman's case, Aaron Brown has been so dominant that I, I think you know they feel like they can get the, they can get a complete game on Friday from him on most on most weeks. And you know, like the other day, he was 
no walks and 12 strikeouts. Again, I mean, he's his 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 walk strikeout to walk numbers are are, are just crazy. And uh, so, you know, and I think, you know, there's there's that the other the flip side of your theory is okay. Let's let's I want I want that one to go Friday and get us off to a good start. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and so they are using Keenan on Saturday and Keenan and Wigington, which are you know, the, you know those are they're both solid as they can be, and and they did get a complete game out of Wigington in the first game. But, you know, then in the second game, they had to go to the bullpen and then again on Sunday. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, you just, you learn by experience and, and, uh, and I'll, and I'll use, uh, you know, a phrase that, you know, whenever some, when those situations came up and coach Pete, you'd ask him about him. He goes, well, that's baseball. <laughs> And sometimes it's just that simple. Um, you mentioned Peyton Wigginton three and two with a two nine two ERA. Um, got some really nice looking numbers over here. You mentioned David Zaws four and zero with a one seven five five saves, but topping that list of ERAs. Now he's only made five appearances, but um, we talked about in the last segment Columbia Central's uh, twenty twenty baseball team. Jaden Ham. Who would have led that pitching staff? One and one with a one one two ERA, um, eight innings of work, six strikeouts. Um, sounds like maybe he's not gone a lot recently, Chip. Yeah, I think. It, it, uh, it, 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 yeah, I think he did pitch Saturday, okay. but you know he, he's he's still a young guy, and and I think they're trying to pick their spots with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, to where they, I think they really, really like him, and obviously he is backing that up with with what he's doing on the field. They, and, they picked uh, they, on the mound. They picked a spot with the bases loaded on Saturday. <laughs> that was a that was an interesting. Uh, I'm reading the play by play here, mm-hmm. Chip. So I, not like I watched the game. I, I know nothing about this other than I'm reading the play by play. So uh, he comes in for Cybert with the bases loaded. And uh, that was wild. Well, maybe that's why his ERA is so low. He's given up other folks' runs and not his. Well, <laughs> but um, when he, did, when he got in, it was two to one. When he left, it was five one. Uh, so that was uh, not ideal. But I mean, the fact that they have the confidence in him to put him in, in that situation, situation with with bases loaded has got to be positive, right? Oh, I would think so. I mean, they're not going out. They're not putting him in there to pour gasoline on a fire, uh, but. Well, I mean, in that situation, if your base is loaded in less than two outs, you know, you're one, you're one extra base hit from being five to one, and that, and 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 that's you're you're a double away from seeing your deficit go from two to one to five to one. So, but yeah, I think if they're if they're trusting him uh, in that in that situation, then then that that is obviously a good sign. but similar is playing well. Um, so, I mean, he's, he, he's, he's really, they've used him uh, uh, as a, as a, if he's not starting, they will almost always use him in a uh, defensive replacement role in the outfield uh, almost every game. I was fascinated because he played second base. Well, he was scheduled to play second base his senior year, and I was wondering where he was going to fit in at the collegiate level, whether he was going to go back to the outfield or whether he was going to, you know, work in as a middle infielder or how that was going to go for him. But um, 
Very talented guy. Yeah, and got speed and and uh, and they're you know trying to use it the best they can and and to you know keep him you know use him wherever they can whether it's in a starting role or if somebody's hot then uh, you know get him in there you know in a key pinch run situation or defensive replacement that kind of thing it's uh, you know he's he's done well and Bryson Thomas same thing he's doing well so the so the locals uh, around Murray County have have uh, have worn the Blue Raider uniform well this year. We like that. Yep. Um, on the other diamond, get a a series win over Western. That's at, always a good thing at home. Which is yeah, Western has played four conference games this year. <clears throat> All four of them against Middle Tennessee State this past weekend. I don't know what has happened to wow. them and how they have only played four conference games, but. Um, the Lady Raiders hand Shelby Nunn her first loss of the year after she beats them in game one of the doubleheader on Saturday. They uh the, the Lady Raiders come back and get uh get the, the nightcap win. So a three one series victory over Western in softball. So Yeah, they their bats have been they have scored a bunch of runs lately and also they got a freshman pitcher named Corinna Dodd who was the conference pitcher of the week the previous week and she's really been uh you know kind of giving them some depth uh as far as a starter and again when you have these four game weekends you know you can't it's hard to send that one arm out there for Mm -hmm. all four games and and she's given them uh some some real support uh, in the starters role yeah that that nightcap on saturday went nine innings uh and finally, in the ninth inning, um, Jocelyn De La Cruz got on by error and scored Kelsey Hill to get the 5-4 win in the bottom of the ninth. So, always nice to get a little walk-off, too, to, to end the night. So. Uh, absolutely. And then looking at the standings, because uh, everything is still – your point toward conference tournament time. The uh, ladies are in second place in the East behind Charlotte, who is nine and three. It's a good year on the diamond at Charlotte, apparently. Then uh, middle seven and five, and that's and they've got a three game lead in the win column over Marshall Western in last place uh, in the in the East and out West. Uh, interesting numbers. An eight and four team is in second place behind a six win team in North Texas, West, North Texas, six and two. So again, I don't know whether they've lost a series in there somewhere or whether Western has as well, having played only four games where everybody else has played three series. So anyway, right now, uh, Jeff Breeden's team is, uh, is uh, playing pretty well. And uh, we'll, we're doing, we'll be doing a Facebook uh, live on Wednesday night at seven with uh, Toman and, uh, with Breeden, uh, that'll be at seven o'clock on the uh, on the Blue Raider Athletics Facebook page. Awesome. Well, that's good to hear. Always, always good to get the updates from from both uh, baseball and softball. And it's it's springtime, so that is really our focus here. We appreciate your your helping us focus in on. It. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to help. 
And we appreciate your help. Chip Walters, the voice (laughs) of the Blue Raiders, thank you so much for joining us this Monday. We will speak to you next week. All right. Talk to you. See you. All right. That's Chip Walters on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline joining us talking Blue Raiders, not Black and Silver Raiders. (laughs) Um, Not Red Raiders. That's right. None of those. No. The blue ones. Blue Raiders. We like the Blue Raiders. True blue. as they would say. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about uh, the Braves. So there you go. On Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yow, Mo Patton, Coach Mike with you. Um, Mo, it's Monday. And it dang it's, sure and is. And it's a beautiful Monday. It is. It's it a beautiful day outside. But, as I came back from vacation and Got here a little later than I probably should have to get prepared and, and as mentally prepared as I possibly could have. We forgot to mention something. And I'm going to mention it today, but we'll get, we'll, we'll circle back tomorrow as well in that first hour and tell you about Jason Egley and his great benefits for our teachers and coaches in the area giving a special discount to educators in Tennessee. So make sure to contact Jason Egley, 615-250-2723. That's 615-250-2723. Jason Egley with Farmers Insurance. And he's going to give you a special discount if you are an educator. So we'll we'll circle back tomorrow in the first hour and give him another little extra. When we have more educators listening? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, uh, but I did want to mention it on Monday as we're supposed to do. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the schizophrenic Atlanta Braves. 
because they are that. You give up 13 runs, and then you score 13 runs, and it's a whole ordeal. Uh, matter of fact, the scores were identical on Saturday and Sunday. They just well, flip-flopped. Well, what's funny is that apparently Brian Snitker said after the Saturday loss that this is a team that could turn right around and hit six home runs. Well, they didn't hit six, but they did hit four in the first inning, and they hit five for the game, so – you know, one, Brian Snitger knows his offense. Two, particularly in that stadium. And, you know, maybe he had a little, um, I hadn't noticed my crystal ball missing, but maybe, maybe he grabbed it there momentarily. It, it worked out. Yeah. I'd like to get that back before football season, though. <laughs> I mean, does it really matter? How much does it matter? Okay, it matters. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's well, your, it also sounds like to, to bring up an old reference though. It means it sounds like he needs to put uh, Hawkeye and Trapper John and uh, Doctor Blake on all their <laughs> on their staff. And, uh, their their injury list. They is are they are start, by the minute. They are starting to look a little bit like a mass unit. And and the <laughs> one mashed. guy that we did not want to see go out went out. Yeah. Is getting some tests done today to. Uh, Somebody asked me on Twitter, is is this a strength and conditioning issue? Hmm. Because it seems like this is... Freed with a hamstring. They're almost... Enciarte with a hamstring. Acuna with a core type injury. All muscles. Yeah. No bones. Certainly sounds like... That's interesting. <laughs> Strength and conditioning. I'd, I'd never thought about that, but um, yeah, it's certainly something to consider. I don't know about strength and conditioning, but possibly a, a, a flexibility situation where well, they where I, they haven't worked on. But your strength increasing. and conditioning coach is going to tell you, you know, is going to make sure you do your stretches properly and do your stretches the way you're supposed to, or maybe he's giving you certain stretches and not giving you other stretches, and yeah, who knows. That's the problem is that that's his job is to make sure to make sure the stretching and the lifting isn't, you know, one, the stretching is correct and two, the lifting isn't too stressful on the body, et cetera. Uh, It just feels like it could be a strength and conditioning issue. I don't know. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Um, We should. Hopefully Acuna is, is not terribly serious. I mean, they're off today before they go to Yankee Stadium for for a quick series up there. Um, the last place, New York Yankees. That's weird to say. Can you tell me, other than Garrett Cole, who plays for the Yankees? No. I mean, Aaron Judge, okay. But, yeah, I mean, but no, I mean, they are the most anonymous New York Yankees team that you've seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I just think it's kind of – it's just weird to say that. Sure it is. Especially considering how good they've been the last couple of years. Well, and it's, it's almost as weird as, as it is saying you're American League champion Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. So, um, there's, and, a, there's a lot of weirdness in the East. And the Red Sox are probably right there with – I mean, for a division that 
you know, has been as competitive as it has been for as long as it has been. To see the Yankees and the Red Sox both struggle in the way they are, and Baltimore is just Baltimore. So, I mean, you've got Tampa Bay and Toronto, right? Yeah, but Baltimore is better than the Yankees. That's what's weird about it. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you're going to be as bad as they've been for as long as they've been bad, you'd like to think at some point you're going to – some of those draft choices are going to – Start to hit. Yeah. So. Um, so this past weekend with the Braves playing at the Cubs reignited a longstanding series with the Cubs. Last year, the first time in 142 years that those two clubs had not played each oh, other. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man. 142 consecutive. It was the longest running professional sports um, series in history, obviously. I mean, no other professional sports have been around long enough. Hey, there's your water. On out there? <laughs> <laughs> they heard you on the radio, Coach wow. Mike. I didn't know I had that much influence. So oh, they, apparently, they, you do. They turned on the 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 entire. They have just. Uh, is it a water hydrant? It is a hydrant, and it is. I mean, it is absolutely flooding the other side of the road right now. <laughs> I saw this water and I'm like, what in the world? Yeah. See if we can get a. <laughs> Man, it's nice to know somebody's listening. Well, it, <laughs> that one patch of grass is going to come there in really well. Really well. <laughs> you, can, you can see it. Now, now, I don't know what's going to happen with the rest of it, and I don't know what's going to happen on this side, but that one patch of grass is, 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 is going to be well watered. It's <laughs> the wildest it thing. It looks like it's going to be over watered, but. That's another story for another day. Oh man, that was funny. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit of information that they passed along on the radio broadcast that I heard on WKRM one hundred three seven, our sister station. It certainly is interesting. Um, Yesterday, last night. Speaking of interesting information, mm-hmm. uh, Guillermo Heredia. Heredia got the first hit of the year of any kind with the bases loaded. <laughs> For the Atlanta Braves. It just so happened that that ball left the ballpark. And what was that in? That was in the 17th game, 16th game? I believe it 16th was. 16th game. This, uh, last night was the 16th game of the God. year. How many bases loaded situations? Enough. Too many? That it mattered, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's that. I know they, they, they had one earlier in the game that they did not cash in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Oh. That tells you it's happened more than it should happen. Um, two six spots, one in the first, one in the sixth. It's always good when you hit as a pitcher before you pitch as a pitcher. That's always a good thing. That's never, that's never, <laughs> never a bad thing. And Guillermo Heredia making folks say, Christian who? Pack, 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 what, huh? What's his name? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I will say this: Christian Pache is easier to say than Guillermo Heredia, but <laughs> yeah, two, uh, three for four with a couple runs. He walked once, got six RBIs. That's a pretty good day at the office. That ain't bad for for a guy who this time last week was at the alternate training site. Yeah, uh, so. the only Ronnie was zero for two. He walked once. 
Camargo was 0 for 3. Those are the only two Braves who did not get hits outside of the pitcher's position. Home runs also from Freddie, Darno, and Adrianza. And four in the first inning. Mm-hmm. Freddie with a solo shot, Darno with a two run shot, Adrianza with a solo shot, and Heredia with a two run shot on the first inning. And then Heredia with the with the salami later. Yes. Big night. Big night. I texted you on Saturday because I I was we were out. I mean, we were it's an mm-hmm. afternoon game. We were at Broadway on the beach. We were at Barefoot Landing. We were at all these different places. And I looked up and I saw the score was thirteen four. I was like, "Thank God we're doing something today." Right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I turned that one off myself. So um, I, I texted you and said seven home runs. That's a lot. And then again, the Braves come back today and hit six. So yeah. the next day, yeah, as yeah. wild man. Oh. It, this team, man. D- who knows what the lineup's going to look like tomorrow? If if Ronnie's out, and we we went from four outfielders to two outfielders, so. I don't know what's going to happen. What two days? Just yes. Boom. It's just done. Yep. Yep. Tomorrow could be an adventure. Um, before we head to this break here at the end of this segment, let me give you this day in Braves history. On April, this is a little a little convoluted, but stay with me here. <laughs> so on April nineteenth, nineteen forty nine, Pittsburgh Pirates right hander Rip Sewell established a National League record when he threw his third opening day shutout, blanking the Cubs one nothing at Wrigley Field. Since then, that mark has been matched twice, once by Chris Short of the Phillies, um, pitching shutouts in 65, 68, and 70, and by Rick Mailer of the 82, 85, and 87 Atlanta Braves. So... One of Rick Mailer is one of three National League pitchers to throw three opening day shutouts. Is what I'm telling you. Four nineteen seems really late for opening day. <laughs> well, at that time, I think you had sixteen total teams. You had That's eight true. teams in each league, so that makes sense. and they played, I think, a hundred and fifty six game schedule. So, and you rode trains. <laughs> right. It's not so, as easy to get there. So there you go. Um that nineteen forty nine shutout for Rip Sewell followed shutouts to open the nineteen forty three and the nineteen forty seven seasons for the Pirates. So there you go. Rip That's, Sewell, Chris Short, Rick Mailer. Jot this down. You might be able to um We might have to have a win, Braves win trivia. some trivia yeah. some kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Um, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we've got some individual athletes slash coaching news, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, Some fascinating stuff. Stick around. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net.
of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Is it really, though? Did you really want this? I mean, this is what this is what you woke up one day and said, man, I wish I had a sports talk show that talked about vacations and babies and <laughs> almost anything but sports. Careful what you wish for. Yeah. You know, I, I just get it. I mean, the thing is, that's kind of what we envisioned for this show, right? It really yeah. is. I mean, I I just think that what we do conveys information and reflects our personalities. And I think, you know, people who are listening to sports shows, they want a little bit of both. Pop culture, just life in general. We're We're going through the same things you're going through. And if you're going through the same things I'm going through, please, God, reach out. <laughs> All advice would be accepted. I'm, I'm not going through it, but I have gone through it. Yeah. So, you know. Please. You, you're going to be all right. Yeah. Holla at you, boy. <laughs> this, this, too, will pass, and it will happen a lot faster than you want it to. Yeah. I promise this, you. This will pass right into teething. Yeah. And then teething mm-hmm. and terrible twos. I, I promise you. And then terrible twos into toddlerism. And then toddlerism yeah. into coming from coming from Mo's angle on this, like I am and, and, and stuff, this is gonna happen a lot faster than you want it to. You're gonna look back and think, man, where did it go? All right, Kenny Chesney, don't blink. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of things on the um run of show that I thought were fascinating. Um and we're gonna kind of do the second one first. Um, you've probably not heard of Edward Waters University or Edward Waters College. I'm not sure which it is, to be honest. I, you know what? I have heard of it, but I don't know which one it is. Um, let's see. Their director College. of intercollegiate athletics, by the way, is Dr. Paul Bryant. That's weird. That is weird. Uh, it is college. By okay. The way. Edward Waters College. Like I said, you you may or may not have heard of the small HBCU in Jacksonville, and you may not have heard of Toriano Morgan, but Coach Morgan was recently named football coach at Edward Waters. Um, I think it was on Friday officially. And what made this jump out to me was Toriano Morgan played receiver at Tennessee State University in the late 1990s, early 2000s, and has been in coaching. I think he comes from Virginia Union, which is where former Spring Hill quarterback Tylen Oden is, by the way. Interesting. Yeah. So, a lot of – lot, Tylen, oh. Justin's older brother. I see. I don't know him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a story there. But um, – Shh. I'm sorry, Virginia State, not Virginia Union, but that's where Tylen is as well. Um, coach Morgan was at Virginia State, previously was a head football coach at Fort Lauderdale Dillard. He had been at Virginia Union. But again, as a player, he was at Tennessee State, and I think he served as a grad assistant there as well. And And it just – it was fascinating to me as TSU – just hired a coach last week with a lot more fanfare than this. And one of my questions was, what if you hired somebody who had actually been a coach? Um, Morgan has been in it for 17 years at either the um, 
high yeah. school or collegiate level. And, you know, maybe he's putting himself in a position to um, be Coach George's successor. But There's somebody else who may be putting themselves in being Coach George's successor. Who's that? The offensive coordinator for the SWAC West champions, Arkansas Pine Hello. Bluff. Hello. Actually, I think Kenton Evans probably threw two. Toriano Morgan at some point or another. Well, wouldn't that be something? Oh. Anyway, I'm just saying. I could get with that. Hey, come S- on. The SWAC West SWAC champion. West champion. UAPB. Kent Evans. Some, with some local flavor. Yep. Uh, Tennessee folks tossing the ball around out there. There you go. Um, Some notable folks from Edward Waters University. Um, Jim Cannonball Butler. <laughs> Former NFL running back, Edward Waters College. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Uh, actually, actually, I think I think he played at Edward Waters High School oh, because goodness. they were not a college until 1979. They were a junior college in '55. Uh, they were established as a high school in 1883. Oh wow! So okay. yeah, he probably just played high school there. That could be. It's very weird. This whole thing. They were an institute in '66, which is interesting enough uh, because not 1866, of course is the year following the Civil War. So they established themselves as a black educational institute in 1866, became an official high school in 1883, and then the junior college in 55 and a college in 79. And they are affiliated with the African Methodist Episcopal Church, which is something that I don't understand, Methodist Episcopal together. Like, I mean, they're kind of the same, but it's like, uh, I don't know. It's very weird to me that that they have put the two denominations together. So I would like to, I'm going to now go and research uh, Methodist Episcopal churches. Let me know what you <laughs> find That's out. really interesting to me. I don't know. Anyway, All back right. to sports. Uh, um, closer to home. And we don't do a whole lot with Giles County, and it's been pointed out to us. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. Or- on um, various occasions. But um, speaking on the phone Yesterday evening with friend of the show, friend of mine, um, Wade Neely, the athletic media relations director down at Martin Methodist. And he made me aware that former Giles County quarterback John Backus is in the transfer portal. I know um, that name. Played at UT Martin. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I know that name. Yeah. Well, um, in 22 games at quarterback. Now, he signed in 2018. So, 18, 19. So, he has been on campus for three years. In 22 games, he threw for 4,532 yards and 36 touchdowns for the Skyhawks. 6'2", 215. He's in the transfer portal. He intends to graduate. Now, again, this guy was a 2018 signee. He intends to graduate. He will have, wherever he goes, Three years of eligibility, effective immediately. Because he's a graduate. Because he's a graduate. So, I'm thinking this guy may be a hot commodity. He very well could be. Very well could be. I mean, even as, you know, we've talked about guys going into the transfer portal in the midst of a pandemic and, and all of the backlog and and bottleneck with with eligibility situations being what they are and that kind of thing but um 
I think it's going to be interesting to watch his recruitment and where he winds up. Now, he's got a sister, Caroline, who is currently a junior at Athens High School in Alabama. And she is committed to Wake Forest for hoops. I'm told the family is quite close. Could very well be a great option for Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And three years of eligibility. Mm-hmm. So he would still be there when she got there. Sure. In two years. It's interesting. I think it's really interesting. I think it's going to be something to keep an eye on. And, um, you know, everybody's looking for quarterbacks. Everybody's looking for quarterbacks with experience. And he's played some. And he's got experience, and he's going to be with you for a while with right. three it's years a, of it's eligibility. Not it's not a rental. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of FCS, the FCS playoffs – were announced yesterday with the top four seeds, not the top eight as they typically would be with 24 teams. It's a 16-team bracket. 16-team bracket. South Dakota State, your one seed. Uh, Your two seed, Sam Houston State. Number three seed, James Madison. Number four seed, Jacksonville State. So that should be a lot of fun. We're going to try to get um, Waynesboro native Greg Seitz on, who has been on this committee. Uh, in the past and has chaired on it currently? this committee. I'm not sure if he's on it right now or not, but he has chaired the committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get him on to see kind of what that process is like, hopefully later this week, and we'll talk more about it. But uh, there you have it. If you missed any part of today's show, we had some high, plenty of high school stuff in that first hour. Uh, and then obviously Braves and Chip Walters in the second hour. If you missed any part of the show, we're, it will be on the podcast uh, momentarily after we get off the air. You can find that at sm-tnsports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, it's sm-tnsports.com. Go visit us. Plenty of stuff on the website there. There's tons of information and more. There will be high school. You can catch today's schedule, the rundown, all available right there on sm-tnsports.com. Give us a follow on Twitter at sm-tnsports. Also on Instagram at the same handle. Follow us on Facebook. Appreciate you guys listening today on Facebook. We'll be back tomorrow at 9 o'clock on WKOM and WZYX down in Winchester. Appreciate you guys listening again for this great, beautiful Monday, and hopefully it gets better. For Coach Mike on the controls and Maurice Patton, I'm Chris Yow saying have a great day, everyone, and stay cool, Columbia. Cool